All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I hate to break the fishing news up here, Amchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Welcome into episode 223 of the Real Life Podcast. I am Tyler Uremchuk, joined by Bag Milk, Wanye, Jay. As always, this podcast brought to you by Oodle Noodle, where 10% of all in-store proceeds go towards a local charity. And I love the charity you guys are working with right now, Positively Princessed, because for no other reason other than the video is tremendous. The video that uh, our friend Josh Park put together up on the I Oodle saw the video start, Jay, where your face is beaming, and it literally gave me heebie-jeebies. <laughs> and then I saw it everywhere. Everywhere I saw it. Well, full disclosure, I had just finished playing hockey for like 90 minutes before I shot that, so I was exuding some 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 heat, some afterburn. That, face, a- that frozen face at the beginning, wow. As positive princesses, like some sort of men in black thing where they show you that your mind resets? <laughs> Is that what it does? Uh, yeah. Like, I What just, do they do? What do they I do? Fell, Tell everybody yeah, what they I, do, for real. I fell under their spell and I got excited with all the stuff we were doing. <laughs> so they are just so they are just a volunteer group um, that um, dress up as either princesses or Marvel characters, and they go around to to the Stollery or uh, inner city schools, and they do appearances uh, to just cheer up the kids. So unbelievable! Yeah, they make their they make all of their own costumes. They're just a group of people who just really love doing this, and they they don't really go out and get much support it's all like self-funded and we found out about them we're like holy cow like we've got to find a way how did you find out about them actually well they're from sherwood park and and josh is actually connected to him he's and he reached out to us saying hey like these these are just a group of volunteers but this is what they do like do you think we could you bought all uh, the princesses wigs work with them yeah exactly so you're a good man so yeah, so it's uh, they're doing a lot of good things, and they do it because they love it, um, which is super cool. So the fact that we could uh, help them, um, it was awesome. And um, the the two sisters there that we interview in the video uh, that we launched, I think on Angel. Friday, um, yeah. When we when we reached out to them, we we're like, hey, yeah, like we're real noodle. We like to partner with local charities. You know, we like what you're doing. We want to, you know, we want to help out. And they thought maybe we'd be coming in and donating like $200 and they were excited. And then once they found out what it is we actually raised for them, they started crying. What'd you give them? Well, we don't know yet. 
how the hell could they start crying if they don't know a number? Well, we know we know on average kind of what it works out to. So based on like we we we, we never know what sales are going to be, but we know roughly like yeah, it ranges between you know like three thousand, four thousand dollars. So ten percent of crying. all in-store sales in every Oodle Noodle for a week period goes to that charity of the week. Yes, unbelievable. Well, here's the ad, Ramchuk. If you like your local princesses bald, eat anywhere you want. If you'd like them to have new wigs, come to Oodle Noodle, where we give a fuck about you. Yes, giving a fuck. The Oodle Noodle guarantee, whether it's about your food or about the community around you. Yeah, we give a and fuck. Slap that on a billboard, Patterson. As a representative of the uh, meme division of Oodle Noodle, mm-hmm. this one is a fucking gold mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've had some great ones. Well, that's my first princess fail. And that button, which I now use, yeah. I will use regularly on Oilers Nation Radio <laughs> for our weekly hot and cold performer segment, which is also brought to you by Oodle Noodle. So how about that? Tying it all together. Um, Tying it all together. It really bums me out that Chalmers hasn't been on this podcast in what feels like three months. It feels like he's joined us twice since the pandemic started. Yep. This is why Chalmers is a great guy for the podcast because when he does come on the show and tells Ladislav Schmid it's all about him, not Ladislav Schmid, then just fans us for three months. But fans us like the afternoon of with a different yeah. excuse twice a week. My favorite one was when we had Kelly Buckberger on and Chalmers just goes, uh, he goes, do you remember that hockey camp I was in that you were at? And Kelly Buckberger's <laughs> like, no, like fucking obviously not. That was a great moment. See, and my favorite one would be when we interviewed Brandon Davidson and he was talking about horses and then that led Chalmers down the road of talking about his own horse force that he was involved in as a kid or whatever. Oh, excellent pull on horse force. Well done. I uh, I actually have a Chalmers update. Um, I was at a friend's house watching football and Chalmers strolled in for the afternoon games. Totally on brand. Slurpee in hand. Yeah. Um, Stressed out about his his lock of the week and saying to me that he was going to be on today's episode. Of course he will. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of our locks of the week, it did not go good for us guys. Um, Pats, Vikings, Panthers all did not cover their sl- uh, spreads. They all lost straight up. Anyways, it was a huge week for underdogs. But now it's not oh, the time. The upside to down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The upside down this week. Yeah. I feel like I can still save us tonight. You might be able to, but hopefully not, because I'll be rooting for uh, Bills Mafia here in uh, in the Monday afternoon. Er, okay, um, I have a story to tell, and this is, you know, how Chalmers has that story where the guy stole his car or whatever, and he mm-hmm. went like full vigilante. This is the most Yeremchuk version of the story, where Chalmers is like tough and you know, in in with the streets kind of thing, and and was able to do something very cool. The guy had a weapon and all that. Here's my car sort of vigilante story. Not really, though. So I went for groceries on uh, on Monday night, last Monday night, and pull up to the grocery store, go in, get my groceries. There was basically no one there. The parking lot was pretty empty, so parked in a spot where there was no one around me. Came back, and my girlfriend goes, oh, you better come look at your door. So I go look at my door, and there's a huge ding on it. Like, no, I'm not even going to call it a ding. My door was dented. And I was like, oh, fuck, someone hit my door. Like, are you kidding me? Like, totally puts you in a bad mood. I look at the car next to me, and where there are two scratches on my door, one of them is short, one of them is long, you can see two scratches on the car next to me that perfectly match up. And there's a scratch on the bottom of each door as well. So I'm like, oh, shit, this person fucking swung their door open and smoked my car. So I decided to wait in the parking lot. As you do, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to get into like a screaming match with someone, won't I? Um, I'm nervous about it because I'm not a huge fan of confrontation. Um, but then this girl comes out, pretty young girl, <laughs> and I'm like, hey. No, no. She, Jackpot, and, babe. And she looked guilty instantly. She went like around her groceries in like the passenger side of her car and like walked around the cart thing to like get there. Um, and then she comes back to her driver's side door and I'm like, hey, like hate to do this but did you hit my door? And she was like, no, why would I do that? I was like, well, I, I, I'm not saying you did it on purpose, but the evidence here is fairly overwhelming that you dinged my door. And she was like, no, nah, I promise you, I definitely didn't ding your door. So I'm sitting there and I, I took, before she came out, because I had to wait like 10 minutes, I took a picture of the license plate, took a picture of my door, the scratches that lined up and all that. 
And I'm like, I took pictures of this. Like, it looks like you hit my door. And she goes, no, I didn't hit your door. And then goes to get into her car and opens up her driver door. And they like line up and almost hit again. And I was like, you just opened your door. It looks like you dinged my door. And she stands there. She's still denying it. She's like, nope, I promise you I didn't ding your door. So I was finally, I, I pulled out the line of, I was like, listen, we're either going to do this the hard way or the easy way. Like, you can tell me you dinged my door and we'll move on and we'll get it sorted Ladder out match. and it's all good. Or I can drive to the cop shop right now, show them the pictures with your license plate and tell them that you dinged my door and refuse to admit it. And then finally, I, I cracked her. She admitted to it. She said, yeah, okay, I did ding your door. And I was like, ugh. After like eight minutes of you denying this in front of me to my face, she finally admitted it and then told me that she had no money and didn't want to pay it. And I was like, well, that's why insurance exists. So that's my story. Um, I had to you, basically interrogate someone in a parking lot. You went full Malloc on her. Like, you, I did. You, you, I like it. You presented a case, a damning case, I yeah. might add, where she had to confess. Mm-hmm. You learned was, a valuable lesson today, young Tyler. Threats work. <laughs> was your missus at all enamored with you for your matlock skills uh no i don't think she was like overly impressed i think she was just as annoyed with the situation as i was um i was like really proud of myself and then in my head i'm like man i this girl was like younger than me even and that is not an impressive feat at all but i was still kind of proud of myself i got the truth eventually um did you at all think about a citizen's arrest I was, well, you know, I always carry handcuffs in my back pocket, so I was prepared Freak. to do that. Deviant. <laughs> uh, no, citizens arrest never crossed my mind, um, and now it's been a pain in the ass of like contacting this person. I've never been in like I've never been in like a car accident before. Um, there was one time where my ex girlfriend's brother backed up into my car, and that's the closest thing. And once I smoked a garbage can, and it, there was like thousands of dollars of damage on my car because I hit the garbage can so hard. Um, but I didn't know what to do. I was like, she was like, what do we do now? And I was like, well, I think I need like a picture of your driver's license, I guess, and your phone number. And that's where we went from there. But it's been a pain well, in the ass process. You nailed it. Now, the, mo- the most important question, your M. Chuck, is yeah. do you even know who Matt Locke is? Mm, good I, question. I know it's something Low Tide talks about a lot. <laughs> oh, oh you're right in Low Tide's wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. uh, it would be, yeah. Yeah, my mom loved Matt Locke. It's still on. There's one channel that like is dedicated to airing just those old TV shows. I forget what it is. You always see billboards up about it, though. See, my favorite show of that of that genre and ilk, meaning like a former like '60s television star now in his like still like in his gray haired years years doing something of like a uh, show about being some form of professional or investigator like Matlock was Banachek. What? Wow. Yeah. Three people just lit up. Yeah, yeah. Banachek was a insurance investigator, so people would perform insurance fraud, and he would go and figure out that they were doing bad things. And Banachek was played by um, Hannibal Smith of the original A Team. Unbelievable. Hard. The cigar guy. Yeah, and the show was way. It was the show was in the seventies, so way below before my time. Well, I was just going to ask because this this show aired from seventy two to seventy four. So how did this come across? I loved it. And he drove around in a car. But what chauffeur. did you possess? He like a time machine as a child? How did you watch this? It was on A and E. Bless A and E. Wanya, yeah, what he was, was a suave man? He was the James Bond of insurance fraud <laughs> investigation. <laughs> And that's why it spoke to me. And yet you didn't like Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, where the drama was a trade blockade. You, I thought you liked administrative-based <laughs> shows. I, I do. <laughs> hey, what happened to all these televisions? Call Benichek. You're like, fantastic. I hope but they it's open the, the containers. But, but, then they, but then they draw in too much goddamn action. You know, you know, you know, you know my issue with James Bond when... Um, you like sleuthing. When they take away the sleuthing and they go all action, yeah. those you are the like, ones I take yeah. issue with. That's yeah. why Quantum of Solace, and they'll all admit it, it was a mistake. It was so all about the action, day, not about the storyline. Die Another Day had no sleuthing. It was just spinning around on ice in an X5. Yeah, that was silly too. Like, that was, that was, like, I don't mind. They, 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 in Moonraker, they go to space. I'm cool with that. There can be mysteries that involve going to space, but there was a lot of sleuthing before they got to space. Are you a big fan of the board game Clue? 
Uh, it sounds you like know you what? would I be, gotta right? play it. I gotta play. I haven't played it in a long time. I think I would be. Yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, I legitimately thought I would be solving mysteries or something at some point in my life. Like I used to watch shows and be like, okay, and how did they figure this out? Thinking like how they figure the murderer out was the guy yeah. at the old well. Cause I thought at some point I was going to need to solve a mystery. And to this point in life, not too many mysteries came across my desk. Have you solved and, the mystery before though? Have I solved a mystery? Uh-huh. I don't know that I can think of off the top of my head. Like I thought that of- all, I thought that all mysteries were solved by dogs when I was a kid. Or the Hardy Boys. Littlest you know? Hobo. Littlest Hobo. Littlest Hobo. You're right. That was just Canadian Lassie, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I like the Littlest Hobo. It was always on right after Airwolf. Yes, yes. Now, Airwolf was a show. Do you like helicopters, your Chuck? I mean, I've never been in one, but... Do you like, Would you like, like it if they came out of a fighter, fighter mountain? That were, yeah, you guys yeah both came out of a mountain like Team America. What's this show called? Airwolf. Airwolf. How have yeah. they not brought back Airwolf? Bring back I Airwolf. That's it had, it had, so the, the pilot of Airwolf was Dick Van Dyke's son, I oh, believe, shit. Andy. <laughs> and it's, it's like you had a subscription to TV Guide as a child and no other book. <laughs> yeah. You You're like, buy. well, it aired at 7.15 on ABC in 1973. <laughs> what? How do you know this? Airwolf is legit. For $55 Canadian on Amazon, you can get all 79 episodes of Airwolf in one box set. Oh, that's wow. That <laughs> they didn't even get to 100 Wow, that's a shame. Um, yeah, they missed that syndication money. You know, Edison Twins, Danger Huge. Bay, Huge. Math Man. Now, Airwolf, though, hold on. Well, Math Man, now you're just bringing the classics into it. Airwolf was an American show, correct? Yes. Danger Bay and the rest of those were all Canadian shows. Canadian. Including MathNet, which was an important part of Square One. MathNet was American, I believe. Yeah, it was American because they were based in L.A. <laughs> but that was Square One. That was PBS, right? Yeah, it was a PBS show. <laughs> I'm surprised like that doesn't, like, I don't know why that vanished. Like, I learned a lot of my life lessons come yeah. from 321 Contact. Yeah. Like, in terms of, like, so, learning things, like. Oh yeah, three, yeah. two, one contact. That's what it was. You're right. Yeah, and like there, there's that song they had about um, about the number nine, about yeah. how it all adds up to nine. Like, yeah, this is stuff that lives with me that I can I can always pull when I have when I face real life problems. Okay, I just want to share with you because I think you'll find this interesting that you can buy the box set or you can combo this together on Amazon. It's recommended. It's Airwolf the complete series, Knight Rider the complete series. And Airwolf the movie, you can get all three for 150 Canadian. Wow. It's a bargain. I thought we'd move past DVDs. Have we not moved past okay. DVDs? But here's what I was going to say. So you can buy them on DVD for $55 for the Airwolf Complete Series, or there's an option to buy it all on Blu-ray for $107. Is, Blu- I'm looking at- is Blu-ray still a thing? Oh, I do that- not have a device in my house that plays either of those things. Don't you have a PlayStation uh- 3 or something? I got rid of it. Oh. I don't need it anymore. I've Clean got an up. old portable DVD player that I bought for travel before there was TV and headrest. Yes, I said that. The silver one? The silver one. And that makes so much noise <laughs> to operate, but still works. Oh, I'm probably sure those too, actually. So if I want to dust off an old DVD like a James Bond or Count of Monte Cristo, put it into the noise machine, and uh, it still works. Wow. I see the mystery of where the Count of Monte Cristo just solved itself. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, I borrowed that from about 20 years ago. Oh, names. Oh, I borrowed that from Wanya about 20 years ago. Oh, Your M check, can you help me? Yeah, whenever I just I bleep it out because I think it's funnier for the listener, especially because we usually talk about it after. And I so I always take notes during the podcast. And whenever there's a government name, I'm so nervous about it getting through. That, like, <laughs> I'll show you here on my notes. It is the entire, it's like half the page is <laughs> oh, yeah, name. Yeah. So I do not, I cannot forget to edit that out. There's been a couple times where it's like, it's in the process of uploading and I'm going through my notes and I'm like, all right, so for videos on Instagram, I want to do this and oh, fuck, government name. And I'm like going back <laughs> to like try stop the process on our, uh, on where we upload our podcast to. It's hilarious. It's a mad scramble, but it keeps me on my toes. I don't mind when you guys slip them in once. In a while. I love when we have a guest and you have to explain to people like this guy's called this and this guy's yeah. called that and that guy's name is just an audible horn. Honk, 
<laughs> and I, but like, when I reach okay. out to them, I'm like, this is a very professional podcast. We have thousands of listeners, all this. Then they come on and I'm like, so we got bagged milk. We got a guy named Wanye. That's not his real name. We can't tell you his real name. And up top there. Anyways. Hope but I don't you... care about his real name. Exactly. 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 And I hope you enjoy looking at ceilings and my face for the entire podcast. 32 million streams. Can't be wrong. Can't. Minutes of streams. Not stream. Uh, Thirty-two million streams would make us Lady Gaga. Before, uh, before I move on to the next topic, should give some love to our friends at Twig and Berries. They got a thing going on their Instagram, Modern Caveman Mondays, where they post a nice photo of a lad wearing some Twig and Berries products. Check them out on their Instagram, twigandberries.ca. Check them out online and use the promo code Nation Fifteen. Gets you fifteen percent off your throw order. A po- Throw us something up on the real life Insta so people know how to get their promo code. I, yeah, I want to see. Uh, I, I also I thought Wanya was going to say he wants to see some of these manly men rocking the twig and berries. We could. You think I want to see men in their underwear? That's what you think I was about to say. Bag I mean, I'll get you yours, and you do a edited face yeah. uh, pose, and we'll get you on the Manly Monday. Perfect. I've been uh, eating a lot of Doritos, so my body is in perfect it shape. Is ready. For this. Yes. Um, we chili heat inspired oh, fitness. I did plug them this morning on uh, the post where I brought up the Taylor Hall discussion we Beautiful. had on the last one. And uh, I tagged them in all the little show outlines that I posted on our Instagram story. My favorite That's thing cool. today is I posted uh, the clip of us talking about Taylor Hall. And someone comments and uh, they go, uh, he's too much of a baby. Why waste your time? He says he feels like he's going somewhere or... Uh, he, the guy basically said, why did Taylor Hall tweet out that he regrets signing in Buffalo? And someone commented and was like, he never tweeted that. And the guy's like, no, I saw him tweet that he regrets signing in Buffalo. I think someone got, <laughs> you did. I think someone got duped by a fake account because I promise I was going to say, that sounds like he got bamboozled by Mimamoto. Yeah, Mimamoto. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> how much better would the NHL be, though, if all the players were 100% honest? Like, Taylor Hall signs in Buffalo and goes on Twitter and is like, listen, I really don't want to play here, but they offered me a shitload of money, and now I kind of regret it. No, because I know what the Oilers from 19, or 2007 to 2013 really thought. It would break my heart. No, it would be the worst. If you it had Eric Belanger's actual thoughts. Yeah, there's some lies that just let me have. That's fair. Yeah, I just want to. I just want ignorance is bliss in this one. I think. Uh, Bag milk. What I wanted to ask you about. You yes. you have one of the best bits on the internet going with your free stuff posts. Yes. <laughs> have you ever actually taken an item that you post on Instagram as free stuff? Hashtag the good life. Uh yeah, actually a bunch of them. Can you share? I'm. I was fascinated by this when you posted the one today. Oh yeah, because I found a half. Uh, eating bag of beef jerky today. That was a that was a real good find. Yeah. That is um, tempting. Yeah, don't you have a bed and a toothbrush? That's right. Yep. Shut up. You took a toothbrush off the ground. Well, if no. you know an easier oh, way to get a free toothbrush, what is Taylor it? Taylor Hall is upset that he signed in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the stuff that I've taken has been for Frank, my dog. Like I found, I found footballs before. I've given those to him. I found basketballs before. I've given those to him. Soccer balls, that kind of stuff. So if there's like a Frank item that I think he'd like, yeah, yeah I'll take that. Like some, but of like the stuff. no, not the microwaves. The although one time I was tempted to bring uh, to carry home an exercise bike. I just don't know how I would have worked it. And I also have one, but I thought it was hilarious to find an exercise bike. I'll tell you one thing. If you find a Peloton on the side of the road and you can carry it home, then you don't need a Peloton. Well, exactly. Those things are heavy. You uh, still Are you still doing your Peloton? Oh, yeah. Do you, yeah like, do you do the thing like you have buddies that have them too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's is there is there a friendly competition again. here? Ah, that's it is because now a new guy has joined the team and he has gotten to uh like the top level of our group very fast and is now starting to set new records oh so now i gotta get back and get on my horse and really start trying to push out some big prs here to to try to take them down because the whole point of motivation for me to get the peloton was well one it was it was like i was drunk on the first day of covid and realized i needed something to keep my sanity because i like to be active but it's also my friend's talking for the last like nine months about the Peloton and this is what they got for output and that and this and that. And I'm like, 
fuck this. I'm going to get a Peloton and I'm going to crush all of you. And that was my motivation. And now there is a new horse in the race and he is taking the lead. And now I've got to activate again. Very upsetting. Better better get at it. I did a poor ass Peloton because I've got a, uh, I've got a exercise bike at my house. But what I do is on my TV that's in front of the exercise bike. I just put like a, a YouTube thing from the Tour de France and I pretend like I'm involved. Wow. Did you guys hear my whole rant there? Because my phone looked like a cutout. Oh, yeah, no, we heard. Yeah, we oh, got okay. it all. Don't worry, Jay. Oh, awesome. It was so quality. I want to make Revenge sure. is your main reason for exercise. But yeah, revenge is the motivation. best reason for most things, I think. Well, yeah, like you're, it's, it's, you know, you chirp, you know, you do fantasy football with your buddies so you can chirp them or get yeah. chirped. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of the, it's the entertainment of life, making fun of your friends. Like if I hit KC tonight in the foosball, I plan on being relentless. All you other guys that actually watch football fail so miserably. Yeah, because if you're right, bag milk, you'll be five and one in your picks. Like that's ridiculous. Do you bet all your picks, bag milk? Um, I haven't done all of them. I bet the last two. So I've got tonight just on the money line, and then I did last week as well. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you an interesting gambling story from this weekend. So did anyone watch that like big boxing match? I I know what you're talking about, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, it was this big boxing match, and this guy I I kept calling him Lemonchenko just because I could in, in in our group chat I could use a lemon emoji. I think it's like Lumenchenko or something like that. But anyways, he was the heavy favorite against this Lopez guy. And Mario Lopez. Yes, Mario Lopez. Holy AC player. Shit. He's in over He's his head, boy. In over his head, and. We're my buddy and I are like, well, like, okay, if he's four to one and he's one point two five one, like, how can we like game it so we um, we can like hedge our bet and just kind of like watch the boxing fight and not really lose much and maybe have some upside? Well, what I did is I accidentally put a hundred bucks on the underdog at four to one. Classic, classic accident, I guess. Uh, but, but we were going to put some money, but I put I put the the money I wanted to put on the favorite on the underdog. And then we're like, holy shit. But then what happened was the underdog came out hot and the favorites odds started shooting up. So we were able to create a hedge where by by waiting long enough, we ended up getting the favorite at three to one. So we put put some money on that and then we ensured we did that. We ensured no matter the outcome, as long as it wasn't a draw, we went a hundred bucks. So you feel like really took the foot. It really took the fun out of watching like who wins the fight, yeah. but it was also interesting about how if you get into the live betting, how you can do things to kind of hedge the outcome. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean the live betting thing's interesting. So is like if you have a book that offers cash outs, which most of them do, and like your bet is up by a lot at some point, you, you can usually just cash it out. So I did that yesterday with uh, the baseball game. Like I bet on the Dodgers. Once they took the lead, I could cash out for a profit. So I cashed out and then put it on the in-game under. Great strategy. Won so much more money. I also got smoked yesterday in the NFL, so I don't really want to talk about it that much. Oh, the NFL is a tough day. It was the upside down. I just got Hastings there. Uh, Scott Hastings. So he nailed the Chicago money line. Uh, he missed on the New York-Miami. He had the over. And it went under. He had Denver, New England under 45 points. So that one hit as well. So Hastings went two for three as my voice cracks. Um, so yeah, He seems to know what he does. He's doing this young chap from Odd Shark. Yeah, it's almost like he gets paid to be a gambling expert. It's a, it's a fascinating thing. Um, do you guys want to talk a little bit of Big Brother? Because I kind of do. Yeah? Sure. I want to hear the cue. All right, previously on Big Brother, we saw um, well, we saw Memphis go home. He was actually a very good loser. Like, you know, some of the people who have been eliminated this year, like Danielle, like they, when they lost, they went and sat in Julie and were like clearly pissy. He was kind of like more like Ian. He got booted and he was like, hey, whatever, they beat me. Like, good move. He took it as a badge of honor. Yeah. Like, yeah, they took me out because I was so strong, which kind of goes back to like why you know, he wasn't a great player to begin with in the sense of too much bravado and control and I'm doing this and that, and, and that. but like, no, he, he was, he was a gracious loser, but it's probably more because 
he took it as like a badge of honor for his ego. Can I just say how bad this season sucks? It's so predictable. Yeah. Nothing is being shaken up. I'm not just saying like it, 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 you just know what's happening. And it's like the, the, the Christmas Tyler try to revolt to get Nicole. Like, that was the first kind of inkling of like any kind of flipping the script or some entertainment or big moves. Everyone talks about big moves. They don't do it. Like Cody and Enzo could have split the vote. Like that was a genius idea. Yeah. It doesn't even shake things. And then they still don't do it because they don't want to rock the boat with anyone. I'm like, what? It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's too soft. As this season's gone on, I've gotten so bored of it. And at this point, I'm just watching it to finish it out and see who wins. But yeah. it's exactly like you said, Jay, this season is so boring because when Christmas and Tyler tried to make that swing at Nicole, they were vilified for trying to shake things up in the house or whatever. And then all of the last episode, it was edited together to make us think that Cody and Enzo were going to flip that or split that vote so that Nicole had to get blood on her hands. Again, it doesn't happen. It's just so boring. I don't think that they could do another season like this where they all know each other coming in because nobody wants to get any blood on their hands. Nobody wants to do anything big. Nobody wants to do anything fun. And all that we're left with is getting creative editing to make us think that there's drama coming and nothing ever happens. It's fucking like, boring. They always tell it's all-stars. Yeah, it's all-stars. you got to play hard. And, like, yeah. they're not. And then Enzo, anytime he gets power, like, yeah, I'm going to shake it up. Like, he always talks like, He's doing. He's like he's such a big deal, and I love the meow meow. He's an interesting character, but like his 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 bark versus his bite is hilariously kind of two different ends. All of them, um, though. Like they're all like I, that well, this season. The only one trying, and this is why I'm going to cheer for, her, is Christmas. It's because for her to win right now, like shit needs to happen. So I'm cheering for that outcome because I want to be entertained. It's well, probably not going to happen, but. And I hate, to, I hate to say it, but because like he barely won anything, uh, you actually got to see how much heavy lifting in terms of entertainment that David actually did. He was so bad that at least it was fun to laugh at him and being like, what's David going to do next? And now it's just like, it's boring. This is Cody's game to lose. Yeah. If he loses, yeah. then he screwed up. If Nicole, if she was smart, she would have followed what Christmas said and <sighs> got Cody on the block and get him out. Exactly, but nobody's doing that shit, and it's boring. And they're gonna have to retool how the game goes. Whether, like, I loved the safety suite early in the season, but then they got rid of it. So I think they're gonna have to retool for next season. Yeah. This was just dreadfully boring. Um, the other thing, though, like, uh, I, you touched on it a little, Jay. So I shouldn't say the other thing. They all stars sound so good in theory because, like, they all say it's like, oh, you got to play hard. It's the best of the best, but it's almost like too perfect of a game. Where everyone everyone knows the game, everyone's good at it, and you're right, Bag Milk. David being bad is what made parts of the season interesting because no one trusted him when people were scheming back and doing all that stuff behind the scenes. It got pinned on him when it wasn't him, and when it was him, it was just a mess. But that's almost what makes the show so good in a normal season is that you have people on there who are going to make like huge fuck-ups and huge mistakes and let things slip. Like, I think of that time in Big Brother Canada when they're, like, scheming in the HOH room and they're like, oh, we need to get so-and-so out. And that person, like, walks out of the bathroom and was listening to the whole thing. Like, shit that happens like that doesn't happen in All-Star season and it makes it less entertaining. Yeah, no, they're pro. They're too good at it. Yeah. It's kind of, it is, it is in a sense, like a hockey game as well, right? Like, what make, why do people love the World Juniors so much? It's because it's these, you know, 18, 19-year-old kids who are making mistakes, no lead is safe and all that. Two, a game between two perfect hockey teams might be as much as you'll love the great hockey. It might be less entertaining because you want to watch a game that's going to be 6-5, 6-4, 7-5, whatever. You don't want to watch a tight-checking 2-1 game. And I feel like Big Brother All-Stars is a tight-checking 2-1 game. The most interesting thing, thing that's happened on Big Brother lately is seeing that Dr. Will looks like some kind of weird balloon now. Yeah, he, he, did, he looked weird. Also, why did they bring back Kaser for this one competition to like stand there and talk? That was also like kind of awkward. Because they brought back. I've never seen. I've never seen that challenge yeah, or, uh, before. So they obviously he won it, and it plays a part of Big Brother history. So I'm happy to see my boy back. I'm sad that he wasn't. <laughs> I never liked like, him as it, much as you did. I just, I just, uh, well, he kind of, I he was kind of losing me at the end because. 
he, I think I just believed in what he was saying and his actions didn't really quite meet it, but like very cerebral guy, but like if him and Janelle would have stayed in longer, yeah. that would have made for some entertaining big brother. Like if you could have gotten more out of the Janelle Nicole beef, it probably would have been a bit of a better season. If Janelle would have stayed in longer than she yeah. did, it would have been better. Like, but, uh, they need to figure out, and I have no idea how to do this, so this is offering a problem with no solution, but like they got to figure out a way to kind of make sure that big alliances don't form right at the beginning and then they just clear the table. Yeah. And they, they should have that. created, the minute Janelle got out of the game, they should have created some playback that yes. she wins to get yes. back in. Yes. This season desperately needed a playback from somebody like that. Yeah, and like two weeks of safety so she can go in and like shake shit up. Yeah. yeah. So I find it no, interesting. No, I'm riding it out. Yeah. Right so so going into the finale now, so I keep in mind, I haven't looked ahead. I don't look online and like look for spoilers, so I don't even know who won HOH. Um, but it's going to be, you got Cody, Christmas, Nicole, and Enzo. It feels like Cody's game to lose, like you said, so I'm almost rooting for him to win because I think he's the most deserving but I think the the way to create the best possible finale would be for him to get out this week, right? Yeah, of course. Can Nicole compete in it? Yes. Wait, no, no, she can't. So it's just a three-person I think so, right? Game? It must be. Yeah. It would be awesome if Christmas wins and she puts Enzo and Cody on the block. Oh. And then make Nicole choose between Enzo and Cody? Yes. Yeah. They're little all, drama, please, please. Yeah. Give me some kind of drama. Yeah, like I'm torn on that because I want to see Cody win because he played the best game and he probably deserves it. But I also not sure if I want to commit like six hours for the next two weeks into watching him win a couple comps and then win the finale by a vote of seven nothing. Yeah, it was just too easy for him. There was no like I wish Cody was on the block like three times. Like I like people who like get on the block, fight to stay, and like then continue on the journey. Like Cody's had it so easy because everyone just fell under his spell. And it's like, I think Cody's great, but like in the game, it's like, come on, get your fucking head out of your ass and realize he is the biggest threat, period. Yeah. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Go Christmas. Oh, yeah, just go. End of go drama. Season. Yeah, end the season. Get to Big Brother Canada again. Um, episode 223 of the Real Life Podcast. Something interesting that came up on The Nation over the last sort of week here was that Gregor piece. Um, talking about next season and all that. Begmilk, can you recap it quickly? Like, what was the gist of what Gregor was saying? So basically, he looked at the economics of the National Hockey League and how if they don't have fans in the building, is it really financially, does it make financial sense to continue? They don't have a TV deal like Major League Baseball or the NFL that kind of allows them some parity while operating with no fans. The NHL is in a different kind of boat. So his article was about what happens if there is no season in 2021. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to talk about it. But Gregor kind of went out and says, well, what happens? I mean, do you really expect owners just to walk out and be like, sure, let's lose millions of dollars just because we should? Not necessarily. So it's a tough one. It's a very, very tough one. Well, I'm wondering, and I doubt, I doubt they have the money, but, like, the big thing that was always looming was the new NBC deal. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering if, like, the NHL, just like they leveraged this to get a new CBA done, like, goes to NBC and being like, well, you're going to be paying this, but if you lock in now, it's this, and, like, renegotiate their deal to try to get that TV revenue up. So that's the big big thing that's missing is the U.S. TV revenue is, 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 is not, that, that deal is not in place. I'm wondering if there's some kind of element there where they can go to the table. I don't know if NBC has the money to do it right now. I doubt it, but like I'm trying to think of different ways of like, okay, invest now and you'll get you'll get your kicker in two years. Well, this will be like a crazy good deal for you. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. It's just an unfortunate reality, but at the same time, like hockey has to come back. Yeah, I, and you mentioned the NBC deal. The Sportsnet deal is up right away as well. Like, that doesn't have very many more years left on it either. So I wonder if th there's something to be rejigged there with Sportsnet where, yeah, maybe you go to them and say, hey, if you can find a way to give us some more money up front, we're going to extend your deal for a year or two. But then all you're really doing is pushing your financial problems down the road. But, I mean, if you're pushing it down the road, hopefully you're pushing it to a point where you're allowed fans in the stands. The other thing, like, if they come back and every team is playing in their own rink, 
it's going to create quite the discrepancy in what teams are making similar to the NFL where you have some places that are operating at like 15%. Some places are operating at 0%. So I, like the revenue sharing and all that, you're going to have teams, like if Tampa Bay can put 8,000 people in their building and Edmonton can only have 100, like is Tampa Bay going to be pissed about sharing that money? Can they be? Well, I think this is a situation, uh, one of those situations, well, it is one of those situations where it's a we're in this all together scenario. It has to be. Um, and no it's just way. about getting through this. So it's got to be, yeah. got to be harmonized. Um, you know, the, the whole league's been doing it for Phoenix for, for years now. Um, so now the whole league's hurting. So I think if the, the, the markets that can should be sharing with the markets that can't to make sure that there is a market for tomorrow. Kind of like when the entire league kept the Arizona Coyotes afloat for like a decade. Exactly. Interesting. It's just, it sucks, man. Like, it's like Jay said, the hockey has to come back. No matter what people said in the break during, oh, I don't think the playoffs should happen. It'd be weird. I mean, we all enjoyed it. Yeah. We were all still happy to have hockey back. And I think having that little piece of normalcy in your day in an otherwise uncertain time was really, really valuable emotionally and mentally. Mm. That said, we're talking about a billion dollar business here and owners that did not get to where they are in life by throwing money away. So where's the balance? And I think that's going to be interesting to see as we go forward because the NHL is going to have to come up with some ideas on what they can do to try and stick in that revenue streaming back what they would have otherwise made the tickets especially early on if they can't have anybody in the building well i think league continuity is a really important thing right and you need to make sure that like okay you cannot award stanley cup didn't that happen during the last flu pandemic yep. of 19 yep. whatever the fuck sometimes sitting out is the play but then you got to wonder like what's going to happen to teams if they have no season right there's going to be other people who are going to lose it's a like jay said like it's a we're all in this together type thing yeah and like what's the answer there is no answer there's no good answer well couldn't they just like take three or four hubs play only for a tv deal and do an abridged season where you travel between hubs that's probably what they're gonna have to do won't they yeah like the like obviously if you need to try to like it's it's what the players are willing to do and we have to respect the fact that they're humans and like Mm -hmm. you can't just take them from their families and stuff no, so the ability to have that connectivity, but obviously the less arenas you play in, especially if there's no fans, the less the lower the expense. Um, so maybe there is that type of like, maybe there's like you know six hub rings, or maybe and it rotates or something. I don't fucking know. Um, and like you know the teams show up there, uh, you know for a for a week, and that's a hub, and then the hub moves. I, I I don't know. Maybe that's something you need to look at so the players can come back home. Uh, well, that was some the kind of flexibility. That was the initial, uh, Frank Saravalli on TSN wrote about it a couple of weeks ago. That was kind of like the initial idea is that they would have people fly in and out of hub cities, kind of like a Fort Mac situation where you're in for two weeks, you're out for two weeks. Because wonder, like you said, you can't just, you can't just tell, tell the players, all right, well, sorry, you're back in the bubble. It's just not going to work. They have no. to be able to see their families. But yep. then also from the perspective of the league, you would probably have to find a way to like stagger the schedules too, right? Where like, you can't just have the entire league come back for like 16 days and play nine, 10 games in 16 days and then go home and be like, Oh, the entire league is off for 10 days. Like you would need to find a way to almost stagger it. Right. Like you, I don't, I don't think you could sit there and actually have your whole league take a pause. No, no, but you, you would stagger the hub city. So there's hockey every yeah. week, Yeah, but like, like every, like- every two weeks, there's seven days where like your division that your team plays in is off. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what they would have to do is something like you have two of the four divisions playing at a time. Yeah. And then they, then they switch and then they, you know, maybe it's a week on week off and then somewhere in the middle, it's two weeks in so that the divisions cross over or something. I don't know. Yeah. Fuck. It's going to be fascinating, man. What the NHL did really well in planning this last hub thing is they didn't rush. Right. Like, they waited as long as they could to make the right decision because there was a point there where it was like, oh, it's going to be Vegas and Vancouver, and it seemed settled. And then all of a sudden, like, Vegas's cases spiked, and it became clear over the next, like, three days after it seemed like it was getting close, and Elliot Friedman was reporting it too. It seemed like it was getting close on Vegas-Vancouver, and then over that 
three, four day span, it was like, oh, fuck, Vegas's cases are going through the roof. It has to be in Canada. And then they pivoted to Edmonton and Toronto so that they could, you know, work out the time zones a little bit better and all of that as well. So they have a ton of time to get this right. So you almost want to give the NHL the benefit of the doubt because it's like they found a way and credit to both the players, the owners and the league or all three of them, right? Because none of them really got greedy this last time around. It seemed like they all kind of put their differences aside and yeah. said, if this is going to work, everyone's sacrificing something here. Yeah. Well, and I, they're going to have to do it again. They're going to have to yeah. do it again, work together, come together and figure this out because the owners don't want to put up all the risks, which I get, but the players also don't want to go a full year without missing with missing all those paychecks too. So mm-hmm. like, there's got to be a balance there somewhere. They got to. Yeah, well, and, and they're in the escrows at the 20%. So the players are making the sacrifice to get hockey off the ground. So yeah, it's weird, but, I would actually challenge your comment there, your M. Chuck saying there's lots of time. The time is, I think actually we're running out of time in the sense of, or it's not as much time as you think because there is pressure because of NBC to have the season wrapped up before the Olympics. Yep. Yeah. I, I just meant like they have two months here to kind of figure it out and they proved that they can work on an accelerated timeline like they did setting up Edmonton Toronto. Because you're right. It, the NBC is not going to be thrilled if you're handing out the Stanley Cup in the same week that they're they're doing Olympic games. Well, well and all and the also, resources are diverted there, right? Like, they, like it's actually yeah. going to be tough for them because they're going to have no airtime because when it's Olympic time, it's like all the time on NBC. And that pro- if if there's an Olympic, well, that too, there might not. Like, what are the odds that there's actually an Olympics next summer? Because that's like, does yeah. does that mean so much money to NBC airing the Olympics? Even if I mean, it's supposed to be in Tokyo this year, so even if there's nobody there, well, it's, that, you got, it, it's it, it, there, there's so many things to play. There's already sponsor commitments. There's already dollars and contract. Like the NBC almost has to deliver the product, yeah. right? Similar, like how NHL had to finish the season to 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 appease its end of, to its rights holders and all that stuff. I think a similar thing would be done for NBC. But the big thing, you know, that can happen between now and then for the Olympics, they've got more time, is like, you know, you're hearing rumblings of like how there's quick rapid testing coming and like all this stuff opens the doors to a lot of things. Um, so if rapid testing can, can, can come to market uh, and scale out, like that's, that's the, the green light to allow people back into the building. It, it's things like that. So like there is, some, there is some, some stories developing on the outside that can help on the economic side of a lot of these things. Um, but, you know, until they're a reality, it's, we're just kind of guessing. But, you know, if you, if, if, if you kind of do some digging, you can see it's, it's getting closer and closer. Um, and then that'll hopefully open the doors to, to generate some more revenues for these teams and might also mitigate having to do the hub thing altogether. Um, and maybe yeah. it's starting as like as this hub and then it evolves to like, oh, no, we just travel and we have a Canadian division and, you know, three U.S. divisions and that's the way that we're going to finish off the season. And you can be, uh, if ever, we have rapid testing and we can be at, you know, 30, 40, 50% um, occupancy in the building. Well, it's, we're on October 19th today. What's your what's your best guess on what happens? I'm going to guess there will be a season, but it's going to be something like 48 games. I think they'll put how do they have fans? How do they do it? I would guess it starts doing the hub thing. And then as we progress a little bit, then it opens up where there's fans in the building. I I think that'll happen, but I I think that they'll have to do what baseball did as well, where by the time the playoffs roll around, they might need everyone to go back into a hub for playoffs. Just to like, you look at the NFL, right? Like the NFL might have to do that too, where when you lose the Tennessee Titans for 10 days in the regular season. Yeah. Hey, you rejig some things, you make it work. And baseball realized that when the Marlins went down, they were like, okay, we can make it work for the regular season, but we are fucked if a team goes down in, in the middle of the ALDS, right? And in the NHL, you'd be screwed if it's, we talked about this leading up to the last bubble. What happens if there's an outbreak in the middle of round two? Well, you know the bubble works. You know you won't get positive cases in the bubble. I think you'd have to go back to that. So I wouldn't be surprised if it follows the same path Bag Noak said, where it's like, Season starts, we're doing like a modified hub thing. And then like halfway through the year, it opens up and changes a little bit. Um, and, and then for the playoffs, you got to go right back in, into some form of bubbles. It'll be interesting. They prove they, can do, they yeah. prove they can do the playoffs in a bubble. So I, there's no reason they couldn't do it again. It's just what's the path to getting there. 
that's going to make financial sense for the owners, the league, and the players, and everybody involved. Like Jay said earlier, it's going to take all the teamwork that they can possibly table at this point because both sides don't want to miss a season. And what's interesting is, like, just from a personal perspective, how your like timelines in your head kind of work. Like, do you remember back to watching that Oilers and Jets game on the night the NBA shut down with their positive tests? And I remember catching the third period of that game, and in my head being like, "Ooh." I was actually I was at BPs with some buddies watching the game, and I was like, "Oh, guys, this might be the last time we watch Oilers hockey for uh, for a few weeks here." Hey, thinking that like it would get shut down and then just start back up right away. And, like how dumb and naive of me looking back on it. But at the time, it was like, "Oh, how long is this shutdown going to start?" And then it went to like, yeah. "Oh boy, this might not happen. Playoffs might be done." And then it came back. But even now, sitting there being like, "Well, January is so far away. Like things might change by then." But then having to be like. Are things really going to change by then? You mentioned the rapid testing, I guess, which would change things. But, like, fuck, in your head, you keep thinking that, like, in three months, it'll be better. But, like, man, a lot of time has gone by now. There is time, but there's not lots. So I would feel more comfortable, even just looking back on when the playoffs came back, I would be more comfortable once the NHL starts releasing more details. I know we all know they're working on it, but, like, what does this look like? I don't know. I was uh, talking today with Low Tide about, because now we're getting back to the point where uh, there's not a lot of sports on. Like, baseball is going to be done in less than 10 days, I believe, because they aren't doing days off in their playoffs. Baseball is going to be done quick. Then it's just NFL, pretty much, until NBA, NHL resumes. What kind of stuff should they be putting on TVs? Like, if you had a chance to watch like the Swedish Elite League Game of the Week or the KHL Game of the Week on Sportsnet, would you sit down and watch it? Or are you just like, man, if it's not the NHL, I'm not dedicating three hours of my time to some team I don't care about? I, I would watch Carpot games. I'd watch, um, I can't pronounce the name, uh, the Skel- team that have Bouchard's on. Skelfedia? Like get- no, he's not in Skelfedia. He's in like Soder Deer Deer Deer. He's in the Allspenskin. Oh, the Allspenskin. Um, Galeptia, Broberg. Oh, yeah, Broberg's Galeptia. There we go. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Like, I, I would, but like, sports, well, maybe sports that Oilers would air that because Oilers fans watch that. But like, that's probably what they should air because watching his, historical games to me is like, I, 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 I just, I get no joy out of that. Um, yeah, you got to go like a current game. Current yeah, game something play. I can buy into. Like, hey, I'm cheering for pool party to score. Like, let's go. Like, I'm excited. Yeah. Like, I'm watching from like, I can get behind that. That would be entertaining. So, like, from a from a regional uh, uh, point, especially in Canada, I bet you there's a lot of that because, I don't know, like, I think a lot of teams have been loaning players. For some reason, I think, like, the Oilers have been the only ones, but I'm very, you know, biased to that. I'm sure a bunch of other teams have lent players back to Europe. But, um, you know, I bet you Leafs, Leafs Nation would be watching Joe Thornton uh, Switzerland games like crazy right now. Um, so that's what I would be hearing. Yeah, I was just thinking they go all three seasons of Banachek, you know? Well, you sold it earlier. And I was that's what you watch outside of the hockey. Well, I, I would definitely watch Oilers prospects, see how they're doing. Why not? I, I, I'm curious how, if I got a chance to turn on the TV in the morning and watch Philip Broberg do his thing, by all accounts, he's having a decent season. Same with Evan Bouchard. Like, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Gregor called. It's live sports. We Greg- could watch, We could bet on it if we wanted. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Gregor called Broberg the like player to watch or something close to that today uh, when he was talking about uh, the Oilers blue line. He thinks like Broberg's gonna like pretend or not thinks he he thinks there's a chance Broberg cracks that roster next year. How crazy would that be, huh? I'm gonna uh, DM my good friend Ufe Bodine. See what he has to say. Uh, Mike Zanier, who uh, me and him actually just followed each other on Twitter while we were doing this podcast. He's a former Oilers. Mazel tov, you two. I had no idea you were going steady. <laughs> uh, he had a line the other day that he tweeted and just said like Edmonton has an absolute player in this kid like he was re- he's really really high on Philip Bro. He's oh he said just finished 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 blech, the Vax Jow definitely butchered that Skeleftia probably butchered that game. Uh, he said the Oilers have a quote wild stallion in Philip Broberg. Ooh, very erotic. Oh my word! I just felt my bathing suit region move since the play-in. Are you in the hot tub while we're doing this podcast? No, I'm. Can you hear that noise? I'm not in the hot tub. No. Oh no, I can't hear. Driving. I'm driving. I turned down the. I think it was the vent. Oh, I no. You said bathing suit, so I was like, oh, are you actually in the hot tub right now? That'd be a great move. Oh, I see. No, no. I thought you could hear the vent of the Wanya mobile. No, 
no, no, no. All right, um, man, yeah, that Broberg thing. I think it's like from where he was, like not a lot of people, including myself, wanted Ken Holland to pick him. And then just watching how quickly he's sort of developed over the last sort of year, one, shows how little I and a lot of other Oilers fans know about European prospects coming through the draft. And two, like things can change in a hurry here because he was not an afterthought. Like people, you know, obviously the top 10 pick, people had their eyes on him. But when he came in, for that, uh, for for the preseason game there and the training camp before the return to play, that was just like, whew. Were you at our draft party last year? No, I was not. All, the thing that I'm not going to say about first-round picks anymore is we had a draft party, as we usually do. It was the Broberg draft, and people at the bar booed that pick. And then you fast-forward a, a year, a calendar year, and everybody's super enamored with him. That's why, like, for a guy like Dylan Holloway that just got picked you know, earlier this month. Yeah, yeah. Hey man, take your time. Let's see you in a year, two years. Let's see what happens. But with Broberg, I think about that one quite often because I'll never forget some nation people booing him when that pick went down. Can you imagine? Well, we wanted the shooter. We wanted the shooter. But, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, well, he, he almost made the squad for the play in round. Yeah. Like, and no one saw that coming. Like, the way he elevated his stock to fans, maybe not necessarily the organization, but the way he elevated his stock to just the casual Oilers fan is incredible over that stretch. And hopefully he can keep doing it because, I mean, if, if Gregor's right on that, if there's a chance he surprises, like that could be huge for the Oilers next season. Between Broberg stepping up and Ethan Bear completely remaking himself that one off season, this is the kind of shit we need to see to get back to the winning circle. Even Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones had a great year last year. Yeah, yeah, he did. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. And, you know, I know Evan Bouchard's having a decent season right now over in Europe. He's putting up some points, too. So I'm. What I don't like is he's, he's playing in the Division Two in the SHL. I was hoping he'd be Division yeah. One. So yeah, he better be letting it up. He better be letting it up. Give him some confidence, though, right? The JP effect. Yeah. Go there, light it up, yeah. come back after playing against men as well, right? I mean,. Granted, Bouchard did that in the American League last year as well, so he's no stranger to playing against men, and he's also 48 years old himself, but hopefully he yep. gets a little bit more confidence. Mm-hmm. All right, I think it's uh, almost time to wrap it up here. I think I want to I track someone down to come on the pod and talk a little more Broberg. Now that me and Zanier follow each other, that might be easier to, uh, that might be easier to do. But uh, guys, as always, thanks for the hour. Wanye, get to wherever you're going safely. Thank you. You're a nice fellow. Yeah, you guys are nice. You guys all forgot my birthday last week on the pod. We recorded the podcast on my you, birthday. <laughs> you you didn't say anything. No. You kept it super tight. I respect tight. that. Kept it tight, yeah. Under wraps. Did you guys wish Dan a happy birthday? Yeah, well. Yep. Uh, Zach Cassian wished him a happy birthday. Yeah, that was that amazing. Was cool. I love it. Yeah, we, was there was a shout out for Oilers Nation and hockey fights in that one. Damn. Amazing. All right. That's going to do it for episode 223 of the Real Life Podcast brought to you by oodle noodle 10% of all in-store proceeds go towards a local charity and our friends at twig and berries it's a modern caveman monday here on the real life podcast and on their instagram check them out we got them tagged and all sorts of stuff they are very easy to track down use the promo code nation 15 at twigandberries.ca gets you 15% off your order saves you money gets you more comfortable that's the guarantee if you get some fresh twig and berries undies I am asking you, the listeners, to email some tasteful pictures to Tyler at WithersNation.com. People Tyler actually, at yeah. Oh, whatever. I don't care. You can do it. Sure. Sure, if it helps the brand. All right. Talk to you That's guys again on spirit. Thursday. <laughs> this episode's over. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.